Welcome to the Business Information Buffet Podcast brought to you by the Minority Business Development Agency. Each week, we'll be featuring business owners and entrepreneurs that will provide their personal recipe for business, powerful conversations, and knowledge of the business world. We amplify the stories of various backgrounds, cultures, and expertise. Our self-identity is as diverse as our social community. We cultivate a community of like-minded individuals that share their different perspectives, broadening our worldview. Are you ready? This is the Bib Podcast, where everybody eats. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Welcome back to the Business Information Buffet Podcast, also known as the Bib Podcast, where everybody eats for another, another sensational episode. I am your host, Sean Tory, with our DJ, DJ Icebreak. You go, boy. For today's episode, all right, we got a cool topic. We're talking about second chance at education with some special guests, some phenomenal women within the community, phenomenal black women in our community, black queens. So we have a Las Vegas native, community activist, activist and CSN communities and also the chair for the Anti-Black Kid Racism Task Force here at the College of Southern Nevada. She is the program manager for the Southern Nevada Prison Education Program through the College of Southern Nevada. Our other guest we also have is a prof- uh, is a professional, is a professor uh, who teaches within the prison program. She's an analyst for ne- Nevada Grow. You, saw, you guys always hear about her, but you don't see her. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we have the lovely ladies of Southern Nevada Prison Education Program, Sean Claxton and Sharita Devine. How you ladies doing? How you doing? Good. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So it's, it's great to have you ladies here today. Thank you for the invite. Of course, Thank you. of course. Thank y'all for joining us. So tell us more. Tell us about the Southern Nevada Prison Education Program. Tell us more about it. Oh, where do we start? Where, where do y'all? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I can start with a little bit of the history. In 2017, mm-hmm. um, Majority Leader um, Aaron Ford, who is now our Attorney General, fought to bring back prison education, mm-hmm. and they started a pilot program. Um, the prison education program was around formerly, but of course, when the recession hit, that was one of the programs that was eliminated. Right. So he fought and they um, allotted $300,000 to establish a pilot allowing um, incarcerated individuals to take college classes and or um, the opportunity to learn some workforce credentials. So um, the program was um, designed where the students were taking ALS, which is Academic Life Skills 101. Okay. Um, and then they had a choice the second semester between um, COM 101 communications or um, workforce credentials. So OSHA 10, OSHA 30, 30 okay. first aid, CPR, and a national um, flaggers mm-hmm. certification. Um, new cohort every year. And it's... Um, expanded since then and we're still looking for it to expand and um, the government has now even turned around because when they passed this latest stimulus package Mm. the Pell Grant was um, reestablished for incarcerated individuals so look forward to grow even more okay so that impacted the incarcerated 
It will. Oh, it will, in fact. It so will. This, this go around. Um, not, not this particular semester, but July 1st, 2023, it has to be in effect. Oh, so how does it, so how will, how could it, how will it go into effect? Like what, what, what exactly will. So students will then have the opportunity to apply for the Pell Grant. So, and, okay. So for, for folks who were uh, incarcerated, who are now in education, they have the, ch- the opportunity now. Students that are inside, oh, they're inside. that are incarcerated oh, okay. will have okay. the opportunity. Okay. So I don't know when. Do you know when it stopped years ago? Because uh, they used to be able to get the Pell Grant while incarcerated and it stopped. And it stopped. OK. And so they're and now bringing it back. And it stopped like overall across the U.S. or just here in Nevada? Across the U.S. OK. Cool, cool. See, that's that's oh, that's interesting. So then mm-hmm. now that that's actually going to open up way more opportunities. So then by the time folks get out, they're able to. Um, apply, but then there's still those barriers. So what how, what challenges do folks who come out who come out of prison but have associates, have bachelors? What are some of the challenges they face? Well, they're not coming home with. Well, I take that back because we just had a gentleman come from Western Nevada okay. Community College or college, and he has an associate's degree, um, and he's working towards. He's going to work towards another one, but. The biggest challenge is, I mean, let's think about even housing. I mean, mm-hmm. before we can even get to employment, right. they need a place to stay. stay. Right, right, right. And there's um, limitations on where they can stay because of the felony conviction. Mm-hmm. So they have to, and if they don't have somewhere to go, um, a family member or, you know, uh, like they, the drug homes, um, drug rehabilitation, I'm sorry, then they have to remain inside. Mm. And if they expire, which means that they will not have probation or parole, their term has completely ran out. They send them out with $25 on the street. $25? $25. We have students that have have exited the system. Yeah. And they're struggling. Um, Mm -hmm. They've gone to places um, or they were only able to live there for a certain amount of time. And when we've talked to them after we've helped them, they're living in their car. Mm-hmm. Um, they're living on the street. They may be working, but they don't have a place to live. And we don't have any current system that says here's a a place for you to reside right. until you get back on your feet. So they're hoping and they're struggling, um, hoping that they won't make whatever decision that got them incarcerated the first time they're hoping that they do not repeat and so we, we try to stay in contact with them mm-hmm. to make to continue to give them hope um, various agencies throughout the city offer small assistance depending upon what they need so we try to make sure that we give those them those tools those tools so right. that they can develop gotcha. and they don't end up back incarcerated okay go ahead bring that mic up just a tag real close to you Sean. there you go there you go so, so then we also so have get, the because because I, I think when it comes to uh, just in general not most people don't think about the housing they think about employment like that's what's mainly seen i can i guess you can say in the movies or the reality shows where the folks when it comes to people who are folks who come out of prison and they're trying to find employment but they don't even talk about housing like that and when you do see the housing there's like bored sometimes they stay at a house or they're boarded are that is that still going on today like here within nevada well what's interesting is um they're going into like the budget suites, yeah. which is extremely expensive, but it also puts them right back into the environments mm-hmm. that they're, you know, that led to some of those decisions. Yeah. So 
housing is a is a a, a, a major you know challenge. Right. Um, and then we go into um, trying to find employment with mm-hmm. sustainable income. And it's even with a degree, it's very hard to get someone to trust you mm-hmm. enough. I mean, I've even ran into um, some construction or, you know, jobs within that field, talking to them about giving individuals opportunities. And of course, they say, well, it's on a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried even working with our DWED and they needed to know what were the convictions? Um, how long ago were the convictions so that they know if and where they can place an individual? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really a challenge. Um, it's a sad situation and we have a long, long way to go. And there's not enough there. There aren't enough organizations. There definitely aren't enough beds and there is not enough funding. Gotcha. So oh, with all these limitations there within homing, employment, how is it here going into college or going into a trade for for our folks that are coming out of the prison system? So they can go into a, a, a trade, like a, the construction, the construction trade. Trades, they can right. go into culinary. Um, or, or a hairstylist. They can or do a hairstylist. Yeah. Um, of course, they can start their own business. I was going to ask that next. Yeah. So, like, what? what uh, many of them have already ran businesses. They ran businesses before, or before, or after they came out. Before. Okay. Um, I'm happening to be going through and doing a, a couple of business classes for Nevada Growth. Mm-hmm. We have people that have had construction businesses. They've owned uh, automobile shops. Mm-hmm. So many of them already have business plans. They're in the middle. Um, and they got wrapped up in some other things, but they're very, very savvy. They're very smart. Think right. about it. They're smart enough yeah. that they try to usurp the system right. and the system that didn't work. And so many of them know uh, I was teaching a class. They were able to tell me some things and share some things. So they're very wise. They're very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you have people that are ex-military. They're, uh, they've retired. Wow. You have grandfathers and um uh, New dads. I mean, you get some of everything. Everybody's not a gangbanger that right, came right. off the street. That I think about, and, yeah. Right. And so when we look at that, many of them are, they're already ready. Or they have somebody holding down their business till they get until back they out, get out. Right. So they can go back to running what was working for them. I want to add, too, um, just because someone is incarcerated does not always mean that they intentionally did something something to hurt someone. Sometimes, especially when it comes to business, if you don't know all of the business laws, you can find yourself getting, you know, caught up in a situation that you had absolutely no idea about and you're still going to be held liable. Right. So I just... Don't I, I try to tell people don't judge. Yeah, you know if you I don't agree. know the situation, mm-hmm. don't judge. There's a, there's a lot of folks that I've known who've went to jail for for money laundering or and not knowing about money laundering or the full effect of it. And then there's people who um, who who just who go to jail from different circumstances. But we always have our our we always have our pre prejudices or our thought mm-hmm. process of what prison is. And so it kind of just it, it sets back a lot of things. It sets our society backwards when it comes we have great people who come out of prison. 
Mm-hmm. And who can who can do way better than a lot of people who are currently employed? Not not saying that no one is not qualified, but to discount someone just because they have a record is, is crazy to me. Um, and one of the main things I thought about is like, OK, if, if people are coming out, they're starting business or they had a business. How is it applying for grants? Like what? How is it going? How does that there's a record affect them from applying for different loans, business loans, things like that? Like, do you guys what do you guys think about that? I can't completely answer to that. What I will say is make sure that when you are filling out those applications, Mm -hmm. you give them truth. Yeah. And so uh, you also have an opportunity at times if you are denied or they need additional information. That's the time that you can explain what happened and when it happened. Our job is to get them educated so they understand. Um, At least for me, I teach academic life skills uh, in the fall semester giving them uh, tools that will help them, whether it's the finance, whether it's teaching them how to money manage, Mm -hmm. whether it's teaching them time management, um, teaching them about their IQ and how to use it, how to use your brain wisely, and to give them another set of tools to use. So even in that, uh, every loan, they all, many of them ask questions, but I would just like if you were applying for a job, They'll come back and ask you what your circumstance what your was circumstance were. and right. let them. But I would say somewhere there has to be, because even in federal prison, some of those people still come back out and run successful businesses when mm. they have done money laundering and things of that nature. So if that's what a, a and there may be ways around, maybe you can't, but maybe you're married right. and you're in a partnership mm-hmm. where maybe your name can't be on it. But maybe your, your spouse's, spouse's name. name. And so yeah. you're still an entity where you can uh, obtain federal, state, governmental funding. So I would say to that person to to research. Yeah. To do your research. To do your research because there's um, are there programs out there for folks for for our good people who came out of the, the incarcerated system where if they wanted to start a business are the programs out there for them like hey this is for you if you want to start your business and you want to learn how to. Um, navigate through the system effectively and uh, legally. (laughs) Well, that's one of the reasons why I asked Nevada Grows to participate with the prison education program. I advocated for for that program. Um, And what, what better way to utilize the skills, the knowledge and intelligence Mm -hmm. of this population, um, but by giving them those tools. So um, that is definitely one. And, um, you know, being able to convince someone, because originally it was set up, correct me if I'm wrong, but to help businesses, small businesses that were already Mm -hmm. established. And um, thankfully, um, Professor Kevin Rayford, you know, allowed and, um, Senator Dina Neal is, um, you know, supporting it as well. So. Shout out to them. Assemblywoman Dina Neal and Kevin Rayford. Oh, six to the good bro. So I don't know. I'm not a business person. No, I got you. But, <laughs> but I mean, because uh, it's funny because I know Sean, she owns a business. I own a few. Curtis over here, he owns a few DJ Ice Break. And uh, it's 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 something that I think about often about like how can we work work together and how can we make sure get people employed right and like how can we create those opportunities so 
And that actually segues to our first segment. You ready for our first segment? Well, one thing I want to say too to yeah. any and all businesses out there, including you guys, if you can offer internships, like if there is someone that oh, is yeah. interested oh, in broadcasting or mm-hmm you know, whatever the, the businesses you are in, right. if you can offer an internship so that they can get in, learn more about it, ask questions and yeah. mentor mm-hmm. them, that would be a, a wonderful component of Nevada Grows and our community. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. We could definitely do that. And that kind of ties in since they're already uh, are our students. Yeah, we, can, them, we, can. we may can place them here at CSN to, to shadow a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, to shadow someone that's working in maintenance, yeah. shadow some, a business instructor so that they can get some information and they can come become more familiar mm-hmm. with, uh, the language, with the language, the lingo, the lingo. that goes yeah. into it. Because running a business, uh, well, first of all, I'll say many of them want to be their own entrepreneur. Yeah. And that does seem mm-hmm. the way the way that the world is going. Yeah. But they need to understand Damn. because mm-hmm. running a business Owning a business and running a business two are different two things. Totally Completely separate things. different things, yeah. And you can have a perfect plan, but until you begin to execute it, you'll mm-hmm. never know. You never know. And so mm-hmm. those are the things that we have to. to and there's and there's things you learn across the process. I haven't even came across any business owners that has one particular way that just worked. They literally there's certain things they just jumped in, went at it, started learning some things, uh, made mistakes, but got better. That's how you. That's how you grow. And uh, shoot, shout out to Envy Grow because that's what it's perfectly for, right? And that's actually going to co- coincide with our first segment because our first segment is recipe versus the outcome. Here, now that. So this segment we discuss uh, how the journey of the prison program started, right? So how the how the program started, how what challenges it faced, how you were able to overcome some of the. Uh, adversary and what was the outcome from it, right? So my first question for you is, can you think of a time that you planned something for the program, right? And it didn't go accordingly. How did you make it work? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She's thinking right now. <laughs> um, mm, there's, been, there's been so many. Um, I can tell you, number one, it's, it's funding. Funding. Funding is a... a Ooh big big issue um and i have advocated and advocated for additional funding for the southern nevada mm-hmm. prison education program mm-hmm. um we still have not overcame that barrier mm-hmm. uh, however i have i've partnered with college behind bars okay. and which is a documentary a production company um and we've done a, a Zoom um, webinar addressing those issues. I am also a part of um, the Nevada Prison Education Project, mm-hmm. where we're looking to create a pipeline from prison with the community colleges to the universities. Um. I've fought for to change the well, this is this is one of the things and it was a long battle. So originally I told you about the uh, workforce credentials. Yeah, the workforce credentials. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed when looking at the data was we only had like two or three people out of 150 that were even utilizing the national um flaggers certification. Gotcha. Being a steward over state funds, that was not a wise 
investment or choice. And that's why I advocated also for Nevada Grows. So it's it's still a lot of barriers. Um, There's a lot there's a lot that that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Um, The structure, for instance, is different down south than it is up north. Yeah. And that is eating into the budget, mm. whereas they don't have those same challenges up, up north, up north. Gotcha. So they're able to offer a lot more, for instance. Um, and I don't want to go into like all the challenges, and all and the challenges. you know, <laughs> but you. they have a much smaller facility uh, facilities. And we have majority of the incarcerated population and all the women in the state. Uh, down, down south in the post Down north. south, yes. So another issue is the women do not have nearly the amount of um, training opportunities as the men. Right. And so one thing that I was able to, I, I found someone that is advocating on behalf of our program and they told me that they're getting ready to send a check for $20,000. Okay. <laughs> so get, get that, send that money, okay. So that we can offer the women more college courses. Okay. So then, you know, we still have to go through the process to get that approved and everything. Mm-hmm. Another thing that was a barrier was technology. Mm-hmm. They were teaching classes with just a whiteboard, Markers, pencil, paper, book, that's it. And so I was able to, um, and we still haven't been able to use them, but we were able to get Uh, a laptop. Due due to COVID, you couldn't use them? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was extremely challenging. It was extremely challenging. So we were able to get that. And then for the first time in Nevada's history, I was able to get um, laptops Mm -hmm. and a a secured server inside so we've ordered those and then that's going to be brought into high desert and florence mcclure so those are just some of the some of the challenges and Mm -hmm. some of the things that you know i've been able to try to circumvent the the issues Mm -hmm. um and it's it's a ongoing, you know, we're dealing with bureaucracies yeah. and we're dealing with a state that isn't as productive, right. pro- progressive, progressive as other states. So um, the beauty is, is people are starting to realize what's going on across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Nevada is warming up to the idea of giving second chance individuals right. an opportunity Um Oh, yeah. yeah it, that was a lot for just that, because I'm just like, to your challenges, I'm saying. <laughs> challenges. And that's not all of them. That, listen, it, man, listen that, that means that, listen, whoever's watching this episode, I'm looking at that camera. You can't see me on this other one, but I just hope <laughs> y'all hear these challenges and we figure out something. It's going to take time, but I think this these are, these are concerns that we need to think about, because sometimes when we I, don't, I wouldn't say we, but when our elected officials make certain decisions, um, we're not in those spaces to talk right. about what's going on. And that's the issue. So policies, funding is getting allocated here, there and everywhere else, but not understanding the full extent to what is actually needed. Right. So but the problem is time always goes against us and we're not sitting here talking to the people we need to. So wh- whoever's watching this, I pray that you really pay attention or well, bring the right people into the conversation. 
um, instead of just like you can. Oh, it's always great to have your director or whoever the the, the manager is or at the time. But you need, the folks who are doing the grunt work is who you need to talk to. Correct. You know, because half the time when you report certain things, you're reporting numbers, you're reporting this. And there's that hierarchy, but you're not talking about the actual conventional challenges that we think about. Right. So my next question for you is what are some things you've experienced that could have worked out in theory, but did not go that way in practice? Hmm. Um, I'll start on this. I teach in the prison, so where where she Rita is the manager, mm-hmm. and she tries to get everything together so we can go in. Being an instructor and trying to actually teach a class, um, COVID was a, a prime example. Um, they still we ran into what we didn't get to start class to what about five or six weeks after the mm-hmm. semester started. Oh, so that's already right. it down, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then to do a an, a uh, a almost like a cram session with them because it is more of a one on one. Right. So first of all, when we go into the prison, we go into the prison to teach them. Normally, we right, are right, down right. deep in the prison. It's not like they come up and we meet them. We no, go down I mean, to their go, cell. You go to them. They actually have a room. Yeah. And being able to have them come in, you need the interaction with them. COVID put us into a place where we had to do it telecommute. Right. And we couldn't see them all. So it was like a small table. Mm-hmm. And if I have 12 people and I can only see five of them, right. the rest of them are somewhere on the sides. And trying to get them to change the room around or open it up so we could see more students or we're having to abide by COVID rules and regulations. It was very, very tough. And then they go on lockdown. That is major. If lockdown happens in the system, you're not going nowhere and they're not coming to you and you're just off for a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. And then when they're open, you know, we get them back for a week or two. Then they go back on lockdown. lockdown, And so trying to stay on top of that and provide them information. So finally they were like, just send us to work. We'll have them do it. Mm -hmm. But it was like so hard to keep them motivated. And they will write you. I had, I have my students write journals. Yeah. And one of the things they hated the most was lockdown. Yeah. And school became their outlet. Yeah. But, and they will, they will complain about all the things and the homework that you give them. Yeah. But they'll come prepared after they finish complaining, they come prepared. Right. And, and, so, and knock out everything right. they need to. So for an instructor, that's very hard. That's a, a big challenge because we can't give them the tools and the information that they need so that they, they can come out. They're going to, cause they get a grade for this. This is not like they're just getting a free class. Right. They actually get an A, a B, a C, an F, whatever you yeah, earn. Whatever, yeah. Just as if you're yeah. sitting in our classroom here at CSM. Right, right, right. So we have not mastered um, when something happens, how to keep the classroom flowing. Got you. So, I mean, and that takes time. That's what, that's what's growth, right? That's the part right. of the, of the magic that, that comes about. So it's, it's not like you're going to get it right all the way, hundred percent perfect. But I can be, I can give y'all y'all flowers because what y'all doing right here is magical. <laughs> I, I want to add also when they, those that have come home, um, there are additional barriers that they're mm. facing with the transition to college. For instance, depending on how long they have been in there, cell phones have changed, yes. technology has yes. changed, yep. the college has changed. They don't understand how to apply for financial aid. They don't know what Canvas is. They don't know how to reactivate or activate an account. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes 
it takes a lot of time, literally, because when they first come, they contact me. And then I have to make sure all these things are in place before I can send them to Ms. Claxton. Now, the beauty is, is Ms. Claxton is in the counseling department and she's dedicated herself. Um, the department has allowed her to dedicate herself to the prison education population. And I'm slowly but surely finding individuals in different departments to help this particular population. So a contact in counseling, a contact in financial aid, a contact at the registrar's office, a contact with career and transfer services so that there is individuals where I can do that soft handoff. Because when we don't apply the case management that a lot of people don't necessarily get, we lose them. Mm. We lose them. They already have so many barriers and things against them. They have, and people not understanding, when you have parole, you have to go, you got to sit down there, you got to follow everything that they're saying, and now all of a sudden you want to add college onto it. They want it, but when you have to do A, B, C, D through Z Mm -hmm. with parole and home and family, and now you're adding college to it. Mm -hmm. Right, so um, I prepare them. Yeah. And then I do the self soft handoff. And so that's that's another barrier. Another thing is um, we have to do a better job at working on our policies mm-hmm. at, the college at the college for them, because some of them are getting um, collection notices yeah. or not being um, residents yeah. at the, the at state of Nevada residents. So there's a lot of those different little nuances that we're still working through. I was going to say, and currently we don't, we're not a, uh, I'll say a felon friendly state. Oh yeah. There are many, there are many states that work and they have so many things already in place Mm -hmm. that, um, Sharita and I year before last went to a conference and most of the conference that we went to the presenters were ex offenders Mm -hmm. and that have gotten their bachelor's and master's and they're running programs in their own colleges now. Mm -hmm. And they were able to help, and just the information, I was like, oh, my gosh, we're so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nevada, <gasps> Nevada's not there yet. Uh, and I pray it mm-hmm. does. I, I remember going to a conference in D.C. and someone was representing it. He killed it. Like, it was like, mm-hmm. it was fun to thousands of people. And he was rocking it. Like, I'm telling it. like, that's why, like, traveling and going to different conferences, you see how much, like, okay, we still have some growth to do. And so right. I commend you. Again, I commend y'all all because uh, I couldn't, like, I used to work about partners back in the day so i used to go up to spring mountain all the time um work with those youth up there so i understand a lot of the struggles you guys are talking about because i remember grabbing certain groups at a time and i'm there for like five six hours at some point trying to get them to do something on the computer and then if something locks down or Mm -hmm. something happens they pull they have to pull them and there's nothing you can do and you might have to come back and try it again tomorrow and there's no guarantee that kid will be here or he gets sent back down to bananas and pecos so it's like all those but like it's, it's different from the prison system but that is the juvies you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, man, I, I salute y'all. But sometimes that does happen to us. We'll have a student today. Yeah. And, and then gone. Thursday, yeah. one day I came in, I was like, where's so-and-so? And where's so-and-so? They had gotten into a fight with each other. With each other, yeah. And so they were they were pulled from the program. Yep. So those are the types of things that you're always mm-hmm. battling. You don't know who's going to be there. You don't know who's going to be there. Yep. From time to time. You asked what was one of my biggest, our, our challenges. And one is... When you go into the prison, if they go on lockdown, you go on oh, lockdown, lockdown too. too. Yeah, I've been, I've been. That happened before. I, I, I know that. I was like, dog. 
and then you don't got no cell phone reception. So then you're like, man, you don't even have a cell. You, you don't phone. have a cell phone. So it's kind of like, all right, whatever happens, happens. Right. <laughs> and so, then they'll move the students. You know, we have no control over. They can be in class. We've already paid for it. The class is going, and all of a sudden. Miss Claxton to come to class and she's letting me know uh, such and such was sent over to yeah, camp or yeah, another yeah. facility or and that's money wasted, wasted. Mm-hmm. but it's also it jeopardizes them because mm-hmm. now we yes. got to give them a W which can turn around later and and um, jeopardize satisfactory right academic progress. Gotcha. We have had some students that have chosen to stay, though, instead of going to camp. Mm -hmm. They chose to stay another few months so that they could finish the programs that we were offering them. And they stopped it. And they stopped it. Man. Won't let them anymore. But ladies, thank y'all so much for giving us that magic because this is a lot. That was heavy, heavy than I expected. Because <laughs> now, now it's time for us to get into the, the hot seat, ladies and gentlemen. Uh oh. We're going to ask these questions. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, this segment, we provide uh, in depth questions to learn more about you as a guest, right? So, this is our opportunity to ask you back to back questions. So, you got to be quick. Are y'all ready? Okay. All right, ladies. Who do you look up to growing up? I looked up to my uncle Percy. Um, Percy, yes, like Uncle Percy Divine. He um, he's from Nevada, okay. but he he was the first in my family to get his master's degree. Salute and, yeah. and what is he? He's now the regional one of the regional directors for aging with the country. You better give him some clues. How about you, Sean? I looked up to my to my father, to my dad. Shout my dad, dad is uh, now deceased, but he's ex-military. With branch? Uh, Air Force. Air Force. Yes. He's a senior salute, master salute, sergeant. Salute. And we had five children, and my dad would go to work. My mom didn't work because my dad didn't want her to. Mm-hmm. So he would go to work. He'd come home, bathe us, pray with us. And then he'd go back out, and he would go to school. We lived in Ohio at the time, so I looked up to my father. Wow. Okay. Next question. What's one habit you do daily? Pray. Coffee! <laughs> <laughs> she do got the Dutch Rose in the building, ladies. <laughs> uh, favorite tool you use to help run your program? He said favorite tool? Favorite tool that you use to help run your program. It could be a gym, skill set, whatever. What type of tool do you use that helps run your program? I use my... Honestly, my intuition. Ooh, that intuition. That sounds like that magic right <laughs> Go ahead. How about you, Sean? I'm on the computer. I need my computer to help navigate. Let's go ahead and navigate that computer real quick. All right, what's the best part of working for the... Well, what is the best thing about your work ethic? Well, I am... I am... I'm just dedicated. Um, I am dedicated to... To education, for okay. one. So that's first and foremost. You better go ahead, Miss Sarita. How about you, Sean? Transformation. I love Ooh. seeing a student transform. Yes. I love them walking into the classroom. And by the second or third week, they're so engaged. They're so and engaged. By the they're ready. end of the semester, they want to know, did I get an A? Did I get a B? Do I get my credit for this class? I yeah. love the transformational stage. Man, salute. What's the worst part of work, about y'all work ethic? My work ethic? Ethic, yeah. I asked what was the best. That was the worst part. I I can get too engaged. Ooh. 
Yes. Okay. Doing too much. Doing too you know much. what I'm I talking what about. Doing mean. too much and not taking time for myself. So, no, I, ooh, Lord, if that's and the I'm definition gonna, of Sean Torrey, <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to say sometimes lack of focus. Because okay. we can get off on one thing one and thing. forget about what we need to be doing over here to make uh, make everything come together. Okay. No well, ladies and gents, y'all made it through the hot seat. It wasn't that bad. Was it? It wasn't that bad. No, I wasn't. All right, because now we got to take y'all you to the sauce. You don't got no sauce, man. You're lost. You're lost. Mm-hmm. You're lost in the sauce. You also get lost in the sauce. So in this segment, uh, it gives us more insight of our, uh, our guests where we ask, what's your special ingredient for your program? So tell us why nobody can duplicate what you do, okay? So tell us, what makes Southern Nevada Prison Education Program a program nobody can duplicate what you do? First and foremost, no one can duplicate me. Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody can duplicate her. And, and I say that because I bring a perspective that everyone doesn't have. Okay. I I could have been mm. incarcerated mm. myself. Right, right. My father was in prison. My siblings were in prison. Um, my son is now going through this system himself and I had a child murdered. Yeah. So I have so many different perspectives of the criminal injustice and yes I said it system. Yeah. And that's what makes me unique because I can really understand this system from so many different levels. Applause, ladies and gentlemen. How about you, Miss Sarah? For me to be able to be a African American woman and to go into the prison system talk and to that teach, talk. talk that talk. Um, I'm not in the women's prison. I teach at High Desert. Ooh, you teach at High Desert. I know High Desert. And so I'm to be able down. to walk in there and to be able to hold your own, and some mm-hmm. days people are like, "Are you scared?" It's like you can't afford to be scared. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you you got to be with it. You know, and to go on lockdown and have to stay sometimes 30, 40 minutes because you don't know what's going on. Right. Just to be able to know that I am making a difference. Sharita said me, I'm the best Sean Claxton that there is. There's you not another talk. one. You better there's, talk. There's, there's another talk. one. There's another somebody, somebody, but it's not me. But it ain't so you. You better talk I try talk to give talk. them the fun experience of learning mm-hmm. and not letting it be cumbersome. So I teach them just as if they were in my classrooms here. I don't make them sit. Let's get up. Let's move around. Let's uh, do group activities. Let's mm-hmm. write on big post-its on the wall. Right. I try to let them experience what we would do in college, hey, college life because right. they are college students yeah. and they're learning. So Amen to right. that. Thank and, you. She, and she not soft. Oh, oh, we know Miss Sean Clay ain't no soft. And they come out looking for her. <laughs> we're going to give, give them another round of applause because they gave us that, that magic with a little bit of that sauce, ladies and gentlemen. Because now we head into the last part of the episode, ladies, where we take a toast to y'all. It is that happy hour, ladies and gentlemen. In this segment, this is where the host and the guests, we take a toast with outsider to whatever's going on great with y'all right now, okay? So, ladies, anything big or small, what is something that is going great for your business that's worth celebrating? What's going well? Tell us what's going well. With our, our business? Oh, not to be the program, sorry. Uh, well, as far as the program, um, we're definitely, we, we, got pro, we have technology coming in. Right. <laughs> got the techies. Thank you, congratulations. Anything a, else? And we have a new cohort of students getting ready yes. to enter. We got some new cohorts. 
Y'all getting some new technology, some more students. Y'all better bless up, ladies. So toast to you ladies on success. I pray nothing but the best for the prison program. I've known y'all both for a long time now. <laughs> and I bet I better see greatness, nothing but greatness Absolutely. for you, Queen. Toast but toast to y'all, toast DJ. Boom boom. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. So, ladies, first and foremost, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. It's been an honor. It's been a great conversation. And um, I learned a lot today from you both in the struggles and the challenges and how you guys are overcoming the adversity within the program. Is there any way you guys can do your selfish plugs right now for the people so where they can find y'all? You can find me on Facebook as Ifarike Orikimi Shango Torera. That is my Yoruba name. Ashe, Ashe, go ahead. Ashe. <laughs> um, you can also find me on TikTok, Instagram, Sharita Divine, or Born Divine. You can find me at the College of Southern <laughs> Fat. <laughs> that is what I do bye in bye. the daytime. Bye uh, bye. On Facebook, Instagram, I am Destination Movement and Logistics. That is my business. You better go. Um, talk that talk, ladies. Sean Wilson hyphen Claxton and Just Me I Am is coming to you soon. Uh oh. Man, thank y'all, ladies, so much. We've had a phenomenal time. And, ladies and gents, that is and it concludes the episode for today. This is the Business Information Buffet Podcast, also known as the Bit Podcast, where everybody eats. I am your host, Sean Tory, with our DJ, DJ Ice Break. And we are out, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time. Thank you.